What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Lakers Silver Screen and Roll Podcast. I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. And so much has changed since we have talked to you just one week ago, Alex. What a crazy week of free agency it has been, right? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm happy <laughs> it's over. It's been a uh, crazy ride here, and it's just a relief that we have a roster kind of set out now, and we know who's going to be on the team. And yeah, I'm kind of over this Kawhi drama and looking yeah. forward to actual basketball again. Yes, absolutely looking forward to the season, especially now that you get to see what the Lakers roster actually looks like, which is something that was hanging over all Lakers fans' heads. Yes, I'm sure the majority of us wanted it to be a trio with Kawhi, AD, and LeBron, but hey, life moves on, and I think the Lakers, just the top of my head, I think the Lakers have done a solid job, and that's what we're going to talk about uh, this week, Alex, is uh, we're going to hand out letter grades. To every single signing that the that the Lakers have done, and there's been a lot, um, and uh, yeah, I think that's what we're gonna go with this week. We're gonna evaluate all the offseason moves the Lakers have done. Cool. Yeah, it sounds like fun. Uh, I don't know. You want to start from like the top top tier, the bottom yeah, tier? Yeah, I think I want to. I think I think I want to start with the top because I know uh, Anthony Davis wasn't a signing, but it was still an offseason move. He's gonna be uh, obviously addition to the Lakers roster, and Anthony Davis. A lot was given up for him. Um, basically, the way the roster has panned out as far as age and, 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 and contracts they have given out, basically the future was given up for Anthony Davis now officially. Um, but in my opinion, it's still an A move. I think we've seen so much random stuff happen, and a lot of the times it involves the Lakers either getting used or – being in the rumors, like Paul George, like, oh, yeah, he's going to sign with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. So I think the Lakers finally did the right thing and went out and just got somebody because they were tired of waiting and playing the what-if game. I think it's an A move getting Anthony Davis. No, absolutely. I agree. And and like you mentioned, like I think they've learned their lesson with Paul George, with Kawhi Leonard, that when a player publicly says they want to join your team, and they ask for a trade for your team, I think you have to try and and just secure them then and not wait it out a year because, as we've seen, that's come back and hurt the Lakers this past couple times. And I think getting a guy like Anthony Davis, who's in the prime of his career, was just a home run. And I know they mm-hmm. gave up a lot, but when we kind of compare what they gave up for AD and what the Clippers gave up for Paul George, it doesn't look that bad anymore. Right. Like, the Clippers gave up a crap ton for Paul George. And, of course, you know, you get to pair him with Kawhi, you do that, you know, every day of the week and the Lakers got to pair Anthony Davis with LeBron. So I think, I, I, I think the deal is even more important now. And I think people are overlooking that Anthony Davis is on the team somehow. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, the roster, you, there's some question marks on it still, but when you still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis in a seven game series, like I'm, I'm very excited for that. And I, I think that's gonna be a tough duo to beat. I'm not calling Anthony Davis injury prone. I think after last season, a lot of it was probably in-house drama, why he didn't play too much more than uh, injuries. So a lot of people are like, well, what about the his his uh, injury problems? I'm like, dude, the guy is still, what, 26 years old? Yeah. He doesn't turn 27 until March, I believe. And he's averaging, last year, he averaged 26 points, 12 rebounds, like, and four assists. Like, I'm, That's just like, you're not going to get that very many places in the NBA right now. And he can shoot the three pretty well for his size. I love everything about having Anthony Davis as a Laker now. As much as they gave up, like you said, it's nowhere near what the Clippers gave up. 
Um, and we kind of got to see the players that the Lakers gave up. You know, I, I know a lot of people are going to say, well, they, we, we don't really know what Lonzo is going to turn into and Ingram and, and Josh. It's like, yeah, probably, but we did get to see them here. Yep. And I still choose to have Anthony Davis over those over those guys. Sure. And those guys, like you said, we got to see them and we know what question marks they have about them. Like they, those players were actually injury prone. Like we can say Anthony Davis is injury prone or whatever, but Lonzo and Ingram have kind of been riddled with injuries in their first couple of years in the NBA. And of course that would probably clear up as they get older and get stronger and all that. But I think when you have the chance to add a guy like Anthony Davis, you got to do it. And as we've kind of seen, it's really hard to add stars to a team just on one single team. And I think the Lakers getting these two with LeBron and Anthony Davis is just a great, a great starting off point. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the roster they built around them is enough to compete. All right, that was the easy one, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> That's the easy one that I think everybody's going to agree upon. We love having Anthony Davis join the, the L.A. Lakers. Now let's get to the, the rest of the roster that has filled nice. out uh, the last six, seven days for us. Uh, I think probably one that we saw coming after Kawhi made his decision was um, Danny Green. Um, yeah. I kind of I oh, just figured Danny Green was going to come here if they didn't get Kawhi because of – basically the market kind of drying up for multi-year contracts, right? At that point, there wasn't too many guys left getting that kind of money. So Danny Green is coming here. Um, I like the signing. I think you have a letter grade. I, I I don't love it because I think Danny Green is a – he is what he is. He's a spot-up shooter, and he's really good at three-pointers, and that's kind of what I see him as. So I give the signing a B because whether he comes off the bench or whether he's starting, you know he's capable – of doing what he did in the playoffs and scoring over 20 points every now and then and still coming in and making huge threes. So for me, I give that a B. Yeah. Um, if I had to give it a grade, I'd probably give it a B plus strictly because at that point, once Kawhi was off the board, Danny Green was like the the premier free agent left on the board at that point. And yeah. the, you know, the, the Lakers, if they missed out on Danny Green, I think would have been in kind of real trouble there and on filling out the rest of the roster and how to allocate that money. And um, Dallas, I heard, was really interested. And uh, I think the Lakers did well securing him for just two years and didn't, you know, give him a four-year deal or something crazy like that. Uh, the money the money's a little high, but um, I think they had to do that given where they were and having him wait for them. And I, I think, like you mentioned, he's a great three-point shooter. I think he was, like, in one of the top catch-and-shoot guys last year, and he's still a fantastic perimeter defender, and I think that's something the Lakers really desperately need on this team is a guy who can guard twos and threes, and Danny Green has proven that he's really capable of that. And Having having a, like a really solid three-point shoot shooting target on the wing next to LeBron and Anthony Davis is just perfect fit, and I, I know the age factor, and I know the money is a bit high, but given where they were at free agency and how quickly they had a, you know, pivot to to another guy i think danny green was as good as they could have got at that point and i guess now is a good time to ask get your opinion on it and because i really am having a hard time answering this question myself mm-hmm. so you said like yeah at the time of them signing danny green it was just what an hour after Kawhi the news dropped and it was a reaction to waiting for yeah. Kawhi and not getting Kawhi. do you think now that we know everything that's happened was it still worth it waiting for Kawhi. Oh, I, I think absolutely. I, I think 
you have to wait for a guy like that. Like, if you think you have a 20% chance of getting him, you still have to wait. Like, the idea of getting Kawhi, LeBron, and Anthony Davis on the same team together, that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and you're not going to skip that opportunity to get, like, a guy like D'Angelo. As much like I like D'Angelo, I don't... I think you still risk losing him for the chance of getting Kawhi. And yeah. if you look at those free agent, the, those contracts given out right in the you know the first night of free agency, like yeah, some solid players got you know taken off the board, but there weren't any that really I'm really upset about losing a chance of signing. And some of the money that was given yeah. out was kind of high as well. So yeah. I think uh, at this point, I'm I'm happy with waiting. I'm not sure where you stand. Would if you can do things over, would you have maybe waited a day or two or would you just wait it out and see what you could have gotten from all reports and indication it looks like the lakers were plan b for Kawhi. like if they couldn't get if he couldn't pair up with paul george in, in toronto or the clippers it did sound like he was gonna sign with the lakers um i mean just having the opportunity just being in the race you that you're in the race you were gonna do anything last year for lebron james right so you do mm-hmm. the same thing this year for Kawhi leonard those types of talents don't come around often, and, and then you just deal with the decisions that you made because no matter what, you fall back on Anthony Davis and LeBron James if you don't have them. So I like it. Um, I look at his three-point percentage, and I'm like, yeah. I mean, second in the league uh, for most players that qualified yeah. um, for three-point percentage. It's like, where else are you going to get that from? Like, that's exactly what the Lakers have needed for a lo- uh, the last couple of years. So now they have Danny Green. I'm cool with giving it a B. Um, I think the money makes me not give it an A, to be honest. But hey, you got to do what sure. you got to do to fill out that roster at that point. Yeah, and right. I think that's gonna be a common trend with the rest of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> we're probably gonna disagree about the money, but at that point, yeah. You know what? I'm not even gonna bring up the money on anyone except one player, but we'll get to him later because <laughs> I honestly, like okay. honestly, like the money doesn't matter because we knew they were gonna fill out with veterans minimums or as low as they possibly could after not getting Kawhi. Um, mm-hmm. But one signing that I love, because I think he's worth the chance, is DeMarcus Cousins. Yes. I mean, I love that. I think it's the – I mean, obviously Anthony Davis, but I think it's the best signing that they did all Uh summer, like this last week. Um, I love it. I think that after a year of, you know, getting that Achilles back, I know he got injured in the playoffs, but he ended up coming back and showed signs of what he could still do in the finals. And to bring him back on a one-year deal – and the possibility of signing him next year for only like ten million or something like that. Sure. Um, Demarcus Cousins is is an A plus home run, and him and Anthony get along, which is obviously helpful um, because you need someone to kind of keep him in check, right? You kind of need mm-hmm. someone to keep uh, Demarcus Cousins in check. So for me, A plus, my favorite signing of wow. the, la- the last week. I love it because I think he's worth the chance, no matter like we saw last year when he wasn't the guy when he was like the you know, the fifth option in the second half mm-hmm. of the season. We already know that he doesn't have to be the guy, but if he's going to give you, you know, a couple of really good games in a row and then have an off night, like totally worth it for me. I love the DeMarcus sure. Cousins signing. No, I, I totally agree. And, and I, I know we did it. We're not going to bring up the money, but if you get a guy like DeMarcus Cousins, just barely over the minimum, like, yeah, that's, that's a home run deal for mm-hmm. me. And I think, and he's um, only 28 years old. Yeah, it's crazy. Like he's only a few years removed from being like a top ten, top fifteen player. And I know the injury was was really bad. And I know you know for a big guy, that's that's usually pretty pretty uh, pretty bad for for the future of your career. But I think last year he showed glimpses of at least being an effective you know big man even with the injury. And I think buying a lottery ticket 
on DeMarcus Cousins for that price and another center who can space the floor and a guy like you mentioned has uh, experience with Anthony Davis and Rajon Rondo because he played with Rondo with New Orleans and in Sacramento. I think uh, DeMarcus Cousins just a great value play here and I think if he's anywhere near close to what he was a few years ago that's that's going to be a really good contract yeah. uh, for this year and I think you're going to need that if, if he starts. I don't know if he's going to be off the bench or if he's going to be a starter, but that's a nice little bench piece to have playing next to guys like, I don't know, Kuzma or Avery Bradley. And I think you're going to need that kind of go-to option off the bench. And I think he could do that. I think he could space the floor for the guys. And he's a good low-post guy still. And he's a solid defender in the I mean, post. I mean, how about this? In only 30 games played in the regular season, he averaged 16 points and 8 rebounds in 25 minutes. Like, that's yeah. that's still really good. Yeah, and usually, and that's a year removed from the injury. He's gonna be two years removed from the injury, so you would you would assume he gets a little healthier and yeah. his legs out back underneath him. So I, yeah, I'm in total agreement. I, I would give it an A because I, I I would have given an A plus just because I believe there's still a risk there. You know, he could you know miss a few games or hopefully he's not like a locker room issue. But I don't think he will be. Mm-hmm. But I I absolutely love the deal. Like I I would give it an A plus if it was from the minimum. <laughs> but even now, yeah. like I I love it. I think it's just total upside with him. Yeah, I love that everything came down so fast after Kawhi, too. Like, obviously, the front office was ready to go, and they reacted quickly, and, you know, I think they got the guys, the best guys that they could at the time of all the news. So, um, yeah, my favorite signing so far because, yeah, I know, like, money like not the minimum and, and obviously has reputations, but I don't know. I've always been a Boogie fan, and now it's awesome. I always thought he was going to be a Laker eventually. And then back in his Kings days, I was like, this guy's going to be a yeah. Laker eventually. He was almost traded to the Lakers. <laughs> I still remember that night where they reported he was almost traded. Yeah. yeah, I was a huge Boogie fan in Sacramento and, and in New Orleans. So I'm, I'm actually really excited to watch him this year. All right, this is the one where 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 I, I'm having a difficult time giving a letter grade just because, I mean, he's having a difficult time staying on the court. Avery Bradley has signed with the Lakers. Um, he is someone like I just think of like – like he was good with Boston, and then I kind of lost track of him the last couple of years because he's yeah. bounced around a little bit. Um, but everything I'm reading is like, yeah, if he stays healthy, he's a great two-way player, plays defense. Um, but then the stats show otherwise. Last year when he played, uh, and he actually played on the court, um, that he wasn't so great defensively, or his teams yeah. didn't do so great defensively. Um, so I'll just say like C, I guess, just because the name is nice. That's one thing the Lakers definitely did. They got name players. Um, sure. So Avery Bradley for me a C just because I think um yeah he showed flashes last year when he got traded to Memphis that he could still play but it was only fourteen games so um, yeah I I think I'm gonna it's more of a wait and see for me with him so a C signing for me for Avery Bradley cool I'd probably give it like a C minus and uh, I was surprised they gave him the whole room exception and uh, a two year deal and I I thought he was gonna probably could have got be gotten for the minimum but. Yeah, like you mentioned, he was a really good two-way player in Boston and just kind of dealt with some injuries. And if you, you know, follow any Clippers people on Twitter or, or who cover the team, a lot of them are kind of happy when he got traded. And they, they said he was really rough defensively and he kind of, the Clippers really outperformed when he was off the floor compared to when he was on. So hopefully that changes when, he, you know, when he joins the Lakers and he's still a really solid three-point shooter, like at the very least, you get another three-point shooter in Avery Bradley, and that's something they—that's going to be a common trend with these free agent guys they signed. And um, 
I, I think one underrated aspect with Avery Bradley is his ability to guard like point guards because on this team, the guards they do have uh, aren't the greatest of defenders like Quinn Cook and Rondo. So they are going to need a guy who can guard point guards. And I think Avery Bradley at the very least could, could you know, handle that responsibility and, you know, hit some like at least, threes. And I think, yeah, yeah like at I least match up one-on-one. Yeah, I sure. think if they if they at least can match up one on one, then that'll be good. You know, like that's been the Lakers' problem for so long is having a point guard until Lonzo came around. Having yeah. a point guard that can guard another point guard one on one has been like the Lakers, even when they were good. I mean, you remember it was like Derek Fisher and Ron Harper weren't the, <laughs> you know, like those. And, yeah, even then, and then guys like JJ Barea would cook them. You know, like we mm-hmm. we'd always struggle against these faster point guards, and <laughs> I don't I don't know if Avery Bradley is going to be the answer. I don't expect him to be you know a lockdown defender anymore but if he can at least be average i mean sure like that's fine mm-hmm. like i for would sure prefer him at a, a lower rate but at this point like you said they kind of have to overpay some guys to join and they still need to fill out this roster so i guess it's fine i mean i'm not the biggest fan of the signing but uh i, I think at this point like he's an okay player and i think it's just more name value than actual productivity but i'm not sure like did you watch any of him with the clippers last year like not that he like nothing that ever stood out. That's kind of okay. why I was like, "Where has he been?" And then I was like, "Oh, that's right, he did play for the Clippers a little bit, and they traded him." Like it, yeah. it all came back to me once I was like, "Where's he, this guy been?" You know, like it, it he kind of fell off for me. But I guess that's what happens when you go to Memphis, you know. <laughs> yeah, or or the Clippers when you're when they're not the this Clippers anymore when they mm-hmm. were the previous Clippers. But yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to someone that is uh, very interesting to me, Quinn Cook. You just brought him up a little bit that he's not the that he can defend a little bit or he can't defend so well uh, to other point guards. Uh, another three point shooter. I mean, there's a there's a common theme here. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if this is a Frank Vogel's system into what we can expect. A lot of three point shooters and a lot of three point shots, but that's what we're getting. Another guy that's good at three points. He averaged forty percent last year. Uh, Twenty six. Obviously, won a championship with the Warriors last year. Made it to the finals. He did play a, a good amount of. Um, Every here and th- every now and then last year in the postseason, uh, so Quinn Cook, what do you think about the signing of of him? I I again I, I like it. Like I think it's like it's fine. Like I think um, I think a common thing theme on on these free agent signings besides just shooters are just quality guys who can play. And I think last year there was a lot of times where they would turn to guys on the bench who were like, oh, like I don't trust this guy on the floor right now. And I think Quinn Cook could at least play and you know. Like you said, it's actually a really good three-point shooter, and I think uh, having him on the floor with guys like LeBron and just Anthony Davis, and they can kick it out to guys like Quinn Cook, and you feel safe about and confident that they'll make those threes is just a big plus. And I, I'm happy that they're at least adding depth in the guard spot in the backcourt because that was really they were really thin once they traded away Hart and Lonzo. So I he's okay. Like I don't expect him to start. Like I don't expect him to get like a ton of minutes, but having him just in case of injuries or and or if the offense becomes stagnant and you need a three-point shooter off the bench like yeah that's fine like, i'm happy you have that option on the bench now yeah 100 like i just think like this is a depth move you're gonna have guys there's gonna be nights that certain players don't play lebron's not gonna play 82 games next year you know what i mean um i don't know um how much minutes he's gonna get he didn't get a lot with the warriors but when he was on the court, I wasn't like, oh, what's that guy doing? You know what I mean? Like, he actually – Yeah. He was a formidable guard in the NBA Finals, and that's a lot more than a lot of players can say in the NBA. So, I was cool with it. 
I gave it like a B minus just because I recognize the name. He comes from a championship team. That experience is valuable because uh, that's what the Lakers are expected to be, right? Is a playoff, uh, if not championship contending team. So I like the signing. Um, I think anytime you can you can play for Steve Kerr and you can play alongside guys like Curry and Thompson and Durant and you can learn all that and then go spread it elsewhere. I love it. So I, I give it like a B, B minus for Quinn Cook. Yeah, I, I give it like a C, C plus. I, I think... You're not expect if you're expecting him to be your starting point guard and all this stuff. I don't think that's wise. But if you're you know you have a specific role for him as a three point shooter and a guy who could dribble and handle the ball a bit, like that's fine. Like that's all you're asking yeah. for him. And at the minimum, like that's totally fine. That's totally cool. I think there's two guys that that we don't have to spend too much time because I don't expect them to play too often. Uh, it's the last two new guys, and then we'll get to the guys they're bringing back. It's uh, Jared Dudley and Troy Daniels. I kind of put them on the – I'm giving them a letter of W because it's like whatever. Um, I don't think on the court they're going to get too much action. I could be proven wrong, um, but I don't see them playing too much next year for this team. I think they're they're uh, you know kind of just filling out the roster. I know Jared Dudley was one of the first guys to sign um, yeah. even before the Kawhi thing. So, um yeah, it's like whatever for me. <laughs> I got I don't have too much to add. I really don't think they're gonna play too much. I, I think I think you're right when it comes to Daniels. Like I I I like how they fill out the rest of the roster, I'm kinda now a little more confused with the Daniels pickup because he's kinda similar to Quinn Cook in that he can shoot three pointers but not really defend and I'm not sure you want a ton of those guys on the team, but I, I think Jared Dudley is actually going to get you know some run this year. Like he was actually, yeah, a, a, yeah like he he was a pretty important uh, player for Brooklyn last year. He played in the playoffs. He was he was like the primary defender on Ben Simmons in that playoff series. He gave him some issues, and I think he's one of the smarter guys on this in this team now. And I think he could defend multiple positions and another capable three point shooter. I the only thing where I can see him not getting run is because the front court is really crowded as is already. Like mm-hmm. when you have Cousins, McGee, LeBron, Kuzma, AD, like I don't know how many minutes that's gonna be left for a guy like Dudley, but I think overall, like I, I was really happy with the Dudley signing. I think I'd give him like a B plus. Like yeah. he's like uh for a vet minimum guy and like he's a perfect locker room presence and like I said, it's just one of the one of the better defenders they have on the team now, and I I like the Dudley signing and the the Daniel signing. I'd probably give like a C minus just because I I know he's a really good three point shooter, like a really really good one, but I don't know how much that's needed when you have a guy like Quinn Cook or Avery Bradley, and I don't know how many minutes that uh, are gonna be left for a guy like Daniels. Yeah, I think it's uh, maybe the whole de- defensive thing with Jared Dudley I kind of just overlooked because, I mean, I see all the reaction on Twitter and people like seem to love it. And I was like, okay, cool. I guess I'm missing something. So, yeah, you're filling me in right now because I just didn't, <laughs> I just didn't see it. And, I mean, I get, I know that he, that he got a good amount of minutes playing for Brooklyn last season, but I don't know. I just kind of saw, like you said, this roster in him, and I'm like, where does he fit there? But, I mean, having him over like a – Michael Beasley or Lance Stevenson is an upgrade. Yeah, so, exactly. So if, to look at it like that, putting a spot, a positive thing, a spin on it, then yes, having Jared Dudley to me is a much better addition than having, you know, those two guys from last year, even though Lance was a ton of fun to watch on the court <laughs> on a wasted season. <laughs> um, all right. And then they brought back three guys yes. and JaVale McGee. I love it. A, I, I was a fan of JaVale last year. He turned me because I thought he was part of the meme team. 
and he just played well. And I think he surprised everybody when you give him a chance to be the number one starter. I don't know if he will be the starter now with Cousins, but I like it. I think I think it's a solid, solid uh, re-signing for the Lakers. I gave McGee an A. Yeah, I, I think before he got you know pneumonia and he, all that stuff, he was he was a really good defender and he was a really good center for the team. And I I, I think I'd give it like a B just because, like you said, I'm not sure how many minutes he's gonna be able to get and. And he had a bit of a locker room thing last year when he wasn't getting a ton of minutes. And I'm not, I hope that doesn't turn out again now that Cousins is on board. And, you know, Anthony Davis might play some five at some point and be the closing five in some games. And I, I, I like McGee a lot. I think he's a really good shot blocker. I think he's a really good lob target. And um, I think he's another just fine. Like he's a, a good, solid player and at a decent amount like probably another overpay but that's like at this point like again they have to overpay guys to wait mm-hmm. out free agency for them so it's fine um i i think i i'm gonna be curious to see who does start between him and cousins like mm-hmm. i'm not sure if you had the choice would you start mcgee or would you start cousins you know what's funny it's like we don't in when you when you watch the nfl and like preseason they're always talking about camp battles like who's gonna take the starting position who's gonna battle and i think like the lakers actually have that this this preseason coming up like it's going to be a true battle whoever plays better is going to start um yeah i think just because of production that i i would not production because of health i would start the season with mcgee and then go boogie off of um off the bench but i could see that easily switching if mcgee if cousins excuse me um recovers the way we all expect him to and 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 kind of goes back to form of the old boogie I would definitely prefer him to start, but I think to start the season, it's probably going to be JaVale. Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point. I think when you look at the roster as a whole now, there are going to be some battles here for minutes, like like Cousins and McGee, like you mentioned. Like KCP and Avery Bradley now might be an interesting battle. Uh, Alex Caruso, Quinn Cook, and Rondo with those minutes. Yeah, like, those were the two guys we were about to talk about. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so I, I think, yeah, so I think there's actually some... That, that's a good thing to have on a roster when you have a lot of different options that, you know, you can argue for getting minutes and who deserve minutes and maybe the best man wins out. And I think that's a healthy thing you, you need on a roster. So thankfully the Lakers have that, that problem now. It's a good problem to have. Yeah. And it's one that they haven't had in the last couple of seasons. It's like, well, who else are they going to play? That used to be the Lakers motto. Now it's like, all right, now we have some options here at least. Um, and the yeah. two guys that I will give uh, Fs to, let's just tell you straight up. Is like, <laughs> KCP and Rondo, more KCP. I was just so tired of what. Listen, I know the guy can score uh, every now and then, but he never shows up when you need him. He just kind of end of the year, last fifteen games. He was like, "Oh, I guess I should play really hard now and get a contract again." And he threw up like twenty eight a game, and was really annoying. And I think it's more of an annoyance than anything. And yeah. uh, I know I've I've been doing this podcast for over a, uh, about a year now. People know that I'm not the biggest KCP fan. Um, and now he's here for two years, which is just a, th- a thrill for me, honestly. Yeah. So uh, uh, I don't like it. But, I, I mean, he can score, but I just don't like it. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard for me to disagree with that. Like, I, <laughs> like, KC, like KCP, like, as, like, if we're just kind of throwing out, like, how we feel about him, like, he's an, like, okay wing defender and an okay three-point shooter. Like, that's something the team actually needs. Like, they need pruner defenders and guys who can space the floor so 
but then when you look at the money he got, like, I don't know how he's getting this type of money every year from the Lakers. It's crazy. I mean, the jokes are there, right? It's the Rich Paul clutch. The, the clutch purse is coming out for KCP again. Man, I wish I can be a clutch agent, like a clutch I, client. Yeah. Like, I need to get this money he's getting. But How do we get this podcast sponsored by Clutch? Because next thing you know, the Lakers are going to be paying us to do a podcast. Seriously. and uh, <laughs> um, But, like, yeah, I'm just kind of over KCP. Like, I, after, like, the first – these last two years of watching him, I'm just kind of, like, over it. And, like, again, he's, like, a solid player. And he has these, like, one-week stretches where he's, like – he makes every single three-pointer he throws up there. And it's like, oh, man, this guy's actually pretty good. But then he goes like a month when he can't hit anything and he's making horrible decisions in transition and not playing good defense. So Yeah, like I'm just staring at his game log right now. From uh, February 21st to March 9th, he never once got to double digits in points. Oh, man. And then you look at the final seven games of the season, 25, 19, 23, 25, yeah. 32, 32. It's like, you know what, dude? <laughs> just over it. I'm just yeah. over it because – I think I think all Laker fans know what he is now. Like, it, there's no surprise. He's been here for what two years, whatever. It feels it's been. like longer. It yeah. does feel like. <laughs> that's why I was like, how long has he been here for? Um, he was the perfect. You know, on uh, NBA on TNT, they play that game. Uh, name that player with Chuck. Like, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know who they are. And yeah. He doesn't know what team they're on or whatever. That's the kind of player that Contavious Caldwell Pope was <laughs> before he got to the Laker. He would probably come out in that game. He's like, what What team does KCP play for? You're like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. And it's like, oh, the Pistons. You're like, yeah, that makes sense. Because, no, yeah, that's a perfect fit. Um, and, I, you know, not a fan, but whatever. He's here for two years. I guess we're going to have to learn to deal with him. And it's crazy. Yeah. He's only 26 years old. I that, yeah, sworn. that's the crazy part. <laughs> I could have sworn he and was he, like 40. And and he, you could remember when he turned down that max contract with Detroit a few years ago and uh, thankfully he's got that money he got here and that money back with the lakers but uh yeah i just like again like he's just another guy like mm-hmm. he's overpaid for sure but hopefully he plays some defense now and he is a good like year one kcp was actually okay like he was pretty solid um hopefully he can return to that and kind of be a good three-point shooter and perimeter defender when they need him and he'll be okay like like you said laker fans know what they're going to get with kcp already and uh, their expectations are probably so low that he can maybe outperform them and and surprise some people so when you're uh, i'd give him like a d plus like like uh yeah (laughs) i gave about what about rondo yeah rondo's the one that doesn't make sense to me after yesterday's news so yesterday's news i'm sure you've heard on this podcast network before LeBron is going to be the starting point guard, as it's reported, for the Lakers this upcoming season. Um, they signed a few point guards like Rondo, Caruso, Cook, and yet LeBron is going to be the starting point guard. So the Rondo's the Rondo signing makes no sense to me whatsoever. Because wouldn't if he if LeBron's going to start and that was your plan, wouldn't you rather give the backup minutes to Caruso and Cook? Because I know I would. Um I think Caruso showed a lot of signs last year when he got the opportunity and Quinn cook has proven that he can play in the NBA. So I, I think we've seen and same as KCP. We've seen enough of Rondo. He's on his like sixth team, whatever. I think many teams have seen enough of Rondo. Um, I just don't get it. I just don't understand why bring him back on a two year deal. Uh, yeah, total agreement. Uh, again, um, 
We're so like, in sync today. We're so in no, sync today. I, I, I think when it comes to guys like KCP and Rondo, I think that's the consensus right now among Laker fans, how they f- feel about them. And uh, I, I can say, like, on the pot, like, if I had to, like, defend it, it, before the LeBron signing, they really did need a starting point guard. And even though Rondo is not an effective starting point guard anymore, he can at least handle the ball and play make some and something the team needed with Lonzo gone. Mm-hmm. But now that LeBron has been slotted in as a starting point guard, it does kind of raise some eyebrows why they would target Rondo then and give and for a two-year deal of all things, you know? And I, I don't know. Like, obvi- I think Alex Caruso is way better than Rondo at this point of his career. I think he's a much better defender, a much better shooter, and you can argue just as good of a passer. And uh, even Quinn Cook, I would probably rather play over Rondo at this point. But I I, I think there is a name value here, and I I think LeBron James likes Rondo. I think Anthony Davis likes Rondo. Those two had a good season together in New Orleans. He played with DeMarcus Cousins, so there is some chemistry things there that are on his side so I, I get that but if it just comes down to actual play and just throwing contracts out of the window and just looking at his on-court performance like I don't understand the move like I don't think he's a solid NBA player anymore um 538 the stats website just came out today with their new uh defensive mate uh metric mm-hmm. and since 2013 and 2014 Rondo has been the worst defender in the NBA according to this wow. new metric so <laughs> Uh, um, I, I I think the stats and the eye test match up when it comes to Rondo at this point of his career that he's just not a quality point guard anymore and I, I think it kind of sucks for a guy like Caruso yeah yeah and I, I think it sucks for a guy, a guy like Caruso who you know works really hard and, and deserves to get minutes and probably won't because he's not as a big of a name as Rondo at this stage of his career so I don't know like I, I get I get the signing from a few different angles, but at the same time, I think overall I would just rather ride with Caruso or Cook. I would absolutely rather ride with those two guys uh, anytime they want. Uh, Yahoo Sports has already updated the uh, Lakers depth chart, and LeBron is listed as the number one point guard with Rondo behind him, Quinn Cook behind him, and Caruso nowhere to be found. So uh, it's just one of the... I think everybody loved what Caruso did. I know it became like an ongoing Twitter joke, but I just think what he did last year was not to be taken lightly. I thought it was great. And I was really impressed with what he did. And I would much rather see him. And that's my other thing, like with LeBron starting, I'm (laughs) I'm very concerned about his age. And I know last year was the first major injury he ever had. But, you know, that's kind of what happens when you get older. And LeBron shouldn't be taking more of a role on. He should be taking less of a role on. And being the point guard is kind of the opposite of what I think he should be doing. I think he should be taking, especially during the regular, if you want to make him the point guard in the, in the playoffs. Okay. I kind of get it. Um, because you trust him over everybody, but to name him starter going into the season as point guard to give him more of a role, um, with the amount of minutes that he's played, the amount of games that he's played the in, after coming off the injury. And I know people are going to listen to be like, yeah, but he, he rested all summer for the first time in his career. And he's, going to be fully recovered and i i get it but i just think it's an opposite of, approach of what the lakers should be doing with lebron james he should try and find ways to limit him and maximize the minutes while he is playing and maybe he'll play less minutes playing point guard but i, I don't i didn't like the move um and i don't like rondo backing him up so i it's a double negative for me on the uh <laughs> on the uh old point guard there 
do you think he like how many games into the season do you think LeBron lasts as a starting point guard? Like I don't I don't envision it being a whole season thing. Like obviously there's going to be lineup changes and and guys are going to go in and out, but do you think this is the actual plan for the entire season or do you think maybe 20 games in he gets swapped out for Rondo and they kind of go back to like a more traditional lineup? I'm hoping that 20 games in uh Caruso keeps killing it and he's a starter. Like that would be ideal. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I I hope I hope it doesn't take like an injury or something for Caruso to get minutes because yeah. uh, last year it it really took total tanking and total injuries for Caruso to get any playing time. And then mm-hmm. when he did get playing time, you know he killed it. Like he was fantastic in those last ten or twelve games, and every chance he got, he was fantastic. I I I am worried about Caruso. I I am I, I with Quinn Cook and Troy Daniels and Avery Bradley and Rondo. Like that's a lot of ball handlers it's a lot of minutes yeah it is a lot of minutes so i <laughs> yeah. don't I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a trade mid-season or or someone gets cut during training camp so we'll see i mean yeah. i don't i i understand why they would start lebron like he is the best point guard on the team like there's no doubt about that and you can argue that he's been a point guard for his whole career with how much he handles the ball and everything it's just a a, a, a spot like a name at this point the position and let's but, not forget uh, Let's not forget that half this front office is still there. The same half of the front office that traded away Zubats uh, when no one expected that. So, and he was yeah. a fan. And he was a fan favorite. And uh, they only got a guy named Mike Muscala back, who's I don't even know where he went. So, um, you know, I know that Rob has I think turned a lot of people this off season with what he's done. But I mean, that's still on his resume, right? So, and he did trade Zvi for Reggie Bullock which didn't necessarily pan out. It wasn't as bad as the Muscala trade, but, um, you know, like you said, there could be a, a trade. There could be a cut. There could be a, 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 a lot of things. A lot of, sure. Maybe Caruso really outperforms everybody in the preseason, and, the, the, you know, you never know. So It's possible, yeah. yeah. There's still a lot of time before we even get there. So um, there you go. That's our grades. I think overall for myself, I think anytime you get the quality, the caliber of player as Anthony Davis – I'm going to give you an A just because um, that's that's the kind of per- player that you got and your offseason and you deserve an A. But I will give it an A- minus because they did wait for Kawhi and they, had, <laughs> and they had to settle for a couple of other things. So sure. A- minus for me overall for the Lakers heading in to, this, to the season. I think I'd give it a solid B. Uh, okay. I think if you just almost pretend like the Kawhi thing didn't happen, and just say he stayed in Toronto from the get-go and they had to fill out the roster, I think they could have done way worse than what they did. And I, I do think it's encouraging that they did target three-point shooting. Like, that's an obvious target thing. That's an obvious theme that they targeted this summer, which is a total 180 compared to what they did last year. So I think they learned from their mistakes last summer. Like, yes, we can argue that they overpaid some guys or some guys are probably not the greatest fits or there's a bit of a log jam in certain positions, but I think overall they targeted the right types of players that you want to surround a, a team that has LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So I think it's a solid B and I think it's a really competitive roster. I think one of the most um, positive things that I took from this offseason, besides the roster is the feel. And maybe I'm just reading too much into who they signed, but I just feel that Palinka and Vogel work together to make this roster happen. I'm sure there was other people involved. Whereas last off season, 
it just felt like it was Magic and Rob doing whatever they wanted. And it's like, here, Luke, this is what you get. Mm-hmm. You know, Brooke Lopez gone, whoever else you want gone. Like, there was that was reported. That was clear that they didn't agree on a lot of the offseason moves. So, to me, it's a great synergy that I feel between those two, the, between Vogel and Palinka heading into the season. I feel like they those moves were made hand in hand, which I which I think is a positive compared to last season. Oh, 100%. Completely agree. All right, man. Well, this has been another great week of just handing out grades. I feel like an elementary school teacher right now. <laughs> like you get an A, you get a B, you get a C. But I, I mean, so, honestly, solid. And then heading into the season, I will just wrap up on this question. Um, the Lakers are no longer the favorites to win, according to Las Vegas. That's the Clippers now. Mm-hmm. But still, do you think that this roster, as it's set right now, can compete for a championship? Like, I, I think I am a little biased, <laughs> but I think in a seven-game series, I, I still find it really hard to to not to count out a team that has LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Like, I think if you have that type of star power up top and you have a solid, you know, role player in Danny Green and a guy like Kuzma, if he takes a step forward, like, I think that's a really, really tough to beat, a tough team to beat in seven games. I know the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George have that, matching star power and i i think it's gonna be a really good battle out west for the first time in a few years i think the west is as wide open as it's as it's been in years and i think the east is as wide open as it's been in years so i think this is going to be a really fun nba season and i think the lakers have as good of a shot as anyone well how about you yeah yeah absolutely i think that you just said it best the nba is as wide open as i can remember in a long time the Warriors no longer have this like five-headed monster that everybody thought they were going to go in and dominate like they did last year. You remember people were yelling at DeMarcus Cousins, "You ruined the NBA." Yeah. So yeah. like that's not like there is no team right now assembled where you're like they're the favorites for sure. Like no, even when the Lakers were the favorites, I was like, "Why? They just have they literally have three guys on their roster." First of <laughs> all, um and then I think the Clippers, yes, they were already a solid team last year. Um, but you never know how two players are going to work together. Has it worked? You know, obviously, you know, Durant came in, they win in Golden State. Um, LeBron went to Miami and he wins with Wade and Bosch kind of almost right away. Um, and Kawhi goes to Toronto for one year. He wins right away. So we have seen it before, but you just never know how players are going to play together, which is why I think it's so wide open. Obviously, KD's not going to be playing next year. Uh, the Bucks are still really good. The Sixers, people say they got better. Um, the Lakers 100% are a Western conference contender, 100%. Um, when you look at the West, I know there's other teams that are not as sexy with the names like the Utah jazz. Um, but the Lakers are 100%. Well, 100%. I would bet my life savings that they will make the playoffs next year, which is, which we haven't made the playoffs in what? Six, seven years. So yeah. Um, no, yeah, for sure. That, to me, is already a step in the right direction. Um, I would have said that last year, too, so I could have been wrong last year. So, <laughs> But I, I think, mean, yes, I, mean, I do yeah, think even they if are they s- Yeah, no, even if they do sneak into, like, the eighth spot, like, how scary of an eight team, like, eight, so- eight spot team is that? Like, Anthony Davis, LeBron James is an eight seed? Like, whoa. Like, you do not want to face that team yeah. in, like, the first round. But I will say that if they do suffer another long uh, injury for LeBron or Anthony Davis, it could get tricky. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. There are some guys like uh, Cousins, uh, 
Avery Bradley, you know, some guys are a little bit injury prone and I, I hope that the Lakers have been kind of have been stuck stung by the injury bug these last what seems like five years now that they've had injuries every year. So hopefully that's past them and we could have leave finally have like a healthy season of just Lakers basketball. I hope so. I hope so. Well, Alex, this has been another edition of the Lakers Silver Screen and Roll podcast. I'm Alex Padilla at Alex Padilla eighty six. Uh, Alex Regla at Alex M Regla on Twitter. You could catch his work, which you will read tonight on Wednesday about the summer league. Good luck with that <laughs> on silver screen and roll <laughs> on silver screen and roll.com. Catch all our stuff there. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, catch us on Apple, Spotify, Google pod, everywhere you listen to podcasts. We are there. Just look up silver screen and roll Lakers SB nation, your choice. It'll pop up. Um, all right, Alex. This has been great. We'll talk to you next week, man. Thank you. All right, man. Thanks, Alex.